Podcast. I'm your host, Mikkel, and today we're talking about decision-making myths. Hey guys, what's up? Happy Friday. Um, coming at y'all a little bit later than normal for the podcast this week. To be honest, it's been so crazy. We had, um, we've had some family in town, um, but just had to take a little break from everything to make a podcast for you guys. So first off, I have to say, I'm like blown away by how many of you have had some ahas by my last podcast on parenting your brain. So many of you were realizing how strict and stern you've been with your brain or maybe like passive towards it. So anyways, super fun to like hear some of the insights and ahas you all have had from listening to that. Um, and if you haven't yet, go check out last week's podcast. It's called Parenting Your Brain. So if you sound, if you feel a little bit confused by hearing that, um, it, it's a good one. So I talk a lot about our relationship to our brain and the way we choose to manage and supervise it and our style of doing that, how that actually really impacts what we experience in our life. So Today, what I want to talk to you guys about is decision-making myths. And part of the reason I was thinking about this is I've made a lot of decisions in my life recently. You know, many of my clients are trying to figure out decisions to make in their relationships. Many of you guys listening here spend a lot of time in confusion about decisions on your relationship and maybe even decisions in other areas of your life. I recently talked to a client where um, he compared it to almost like ping pong in his brain with any decision he makes, but especially relationships, where he would decide one way and it's like bouncing the ping pong ball over the net and then immediately his brain goes to the other side and is like, wait, let's not do that. So like in terms of relationship, it'd be like deciding, oh, I'm going to stay. And then in the moment you decide that, your brain going back to, oh, I don't want to stay. Oh, I want to stay literally back and forth, like playing ping pong with yourself on both sides of the net. And so I thought that was such a great analogy. And like that literally is what our brains can do sometimes with decisions is just so back and forth, back and forth. So for some of us, this is the first time we've noticed ourselves being so indecisive. And for others of us, this is like, as I know it was for me, it was kind of the peak of a lifetime of struggling with decision-making and really, really, really having a hard time picking and committing to something and, you know, deciding to get engaged and get married was just kind of like the ultimate hard decision to make. Like, I remember even before I experienced relationship anxiety, honestly, my family kind of called it a little bit because I struggle with decision-making so much that they were like, Mikkel's going to have a guy on her, on his knees and she's going to be like, mm, let me think about it. <laughs> Which for the record, I did say yes to him right away. But, you know, as our brains do, want to spin out and question the decision after the fact. So what's interesting that I've seen in myself and that I've seen in um, some of my clients as they've done this work is my natural tendency to be indecisive and be confused has shifted so 
much. I, you know, like as many of you know, we recently made a decision to buy a house. We had to buy a car. Um, just different decisions that I would have been so paralyzed over and so terrified to make. And I realized my perspective on decision making has changed so much. And I noticed a little bit of old tendencies wanting to creep back in. And I wanted to talk to you guys about that, about some of our approaches to decisions, some myths we have about decisions that are not as useful as we like to think. So things that we can maybe question, things that might not be true about decision making. So first one is we make the best decisions by taking a lot of time. That good decisions require taking as much time as we can. That if we decide something in the moment, it probably isn't going to be the best decision. Like we may, we may still come to the same conclusion, but first we really should at least take a day, a week, a month, maybe a year to think about it first. Um, that's what we do a lot of times is we think, okay, the more time we have to think about this, the better it will be. And I know that was for me when we were deciding to buy this house was I noticed my brain wanting to, like I, I knew I wanted the house, I thought it made sense, but yet, oh, maybe we should spend more time, like we should think about it a little bit more just to make sure. And my husband was like, why do we need more time? Like we've already thought about it for a few days. <laughs> and that's what's so interesting with him is he's very much, okay, let's do it. Like, and it made me realize being married to him our decisions don't require a ton of time. We don't have to put in a certain amount of time in order to make a quote unquote good decision. But many of us have this belief that we need to invest a certain amount of time allowing our brain to ping pong back and forth in order for it to be good. And I think my husband's a perfect example of he is very easily able to walk in a store, pick something out, be done and never think about that decision again. So on the flip side of that, another myth about decision making is that we need to be in a rush and we have to hurry and decide. So this is kind of a little bit opposite. Um, so one is like, oh, let me take the time. Let me really think about this and overthink about this. We're giving ourselves tons of time. And then on the flip of it is there's a sense of urgency. And both of these places are coming from fear. Like we're afraid to make the decision, so we're gonna take our time with it. But then on the flip is, I'm afraid, so I need to hurry, I need to fix this. I see this with my clients where they have some doubts come up or some anxiousness, and they feel the urge to hurry and do something. Like, I need to hurry and finally be committed and always be staying, or I need to hurry and break up, I have to leave right now. Whenever there's that sense of rush going into it, we know that that is fear driving our decision when it feels rushed and panicked. So the next decision-making myth is that a good decision 
requires evaluating every option available. Like we need to think through every single thing we could choose and analyze all of them. And I noticed this come up for me when we had looked at a handful of houses and I was like, this is the one I like. But my brain was like, you should look at every single house just to make sure. And this is very much what we do with relationship anxiety is, you know, particularly if you're on the side of relationship anxiety, where it's very relationship centered or partner focused is we think, okay, I need to check out every single other person. Like I, I need to actually go date more people or mentally I'm going to check in my head different people I see to double check. Like, should I be dating that person? Oh, well they have this or they have this. Okay. I'm good to keep dating the person I'm with. Um, because literally we cannot, like physically, it is not possible to evaluate every single eligible person in the world that you could be dating or marrying. We just, like it's impossible, but our brain thinks, okay, let me check out at least every single option that crosses my path and double check and make sure, yes, this is the one I want to do. And what I want to offer to you is that we might be wrong about needing to evaluate every single decision. That actually evaluating every single decision does not help us make any better of a decision. And I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but just as a little reminder for you guys. So there's a book called The Paradox of Choice. And he does a lot of research on choosing. And one of the things that the author talks about is actually people with buying a home and how there are two types of decision makers. So there's satisficers and maximizers. So the satisficer checks out a few houses and they're like, yeah, I like this one. Let's go with that. And then the maximizer is the one who believes let's check out every single option to get the best possible thing. Who's more content with their decision? We might want to think the maximizer because they saw everything. So they know this is the house they really want but it's actually the satisficer, the person who looks at a few different options and chooses, actually tends to be more content and believe that they made a good decision. So question yourself when your brain thinks, I need to check out more options or even wanting to check out all the options or order to know it's a good decision. You might be wrong about that. Checking out more options might actually confuse us rather than help us make a good decision. Might make us feel less content. The next myth is that I should never feel any anxiety or fear if the decision is good. So this is something many of us believe about our relationship is I shouldn't be feeling any anxiety or fear And because I am, that means I shouldn't decide this relationship. And one thing I've noticed for me that I used to really experience in decision-making is I would really look for a sense of peace and calm and look for anxiety to be gone 100%. And pretty much every life decision I made, even just like little tiny decisions like buying a shirt, 
I would feel anxious about. And I never really fully 100% had peace with different decisions. But I would constantly overanalyze and look for that peace in order to move forward. So I would check out one option. Like I remember looking at colleges and I would look at one and I just didn't feel good about it. I felt anxious. And then there was this other one and I felt I was like kind of excited and at peace about it, but I also was anxious. And I think we really limit ourselves when we say, in order to make a decision, I have to never ever feel fear. Because as humans, our brains produce fear and anxiety sometimes. Like that comes up for us. And the more we demand that fear be gone in order to make a decision, it tends to keep us stuck. And I think it's interesting we want to approach decision-making this way, that we have to have an absence of fear in order to decide. Because if you think about other situations in life, like say, you know, there was a sport you tried out for the first time, or maybe giving a public speech, or performing a musical number on a stage, probably felt a little bit of anxiety leading up to those things. Like you feel anxious to perform. And our conversation around that isn't, oh my gosh, this probably means you should not perform. This probably means you should hurry and go sit down right now. You feel anxious, you feel scared, whoa. <laughs> Let's not sing in front of this crowd of people. Like our brain kind of wants to tell us that, but no one else confirms that for us. Like we just kind of know, like, this is stage fright. Like this is part of the this is part of the deal here. Like this is scary, but it's also going to be so rewarding to put myself out there and do this. And we have that fear come up, but we don't freak out about it or make it mean anything. It's just like, yeah, this is part of the process of performing is you get a little nervous. And I think that that is just as true with decision making is when we have that fear come up is we can recognize, yeah, this is kind of just part of the process of decision making is I have a little bit of fear come up or maybe a lot of fear. It's okay. And kind of normalizing that for yourself rather than saying, I need to get rid of this 100%. Like if that performer said, I need to never ever feel fear in order to sing on stage, she's probably never going to try it. Like the way she's going to face that fear is by doing it. All right, you guys, so those are the decision-making myths we have for you today. If you liked these and found them interesting, make sure to tune in next week. I have a part two that will continue and tell you the rest of the decision-making myths we tend to have. And if you haven't had a chance yet, please take a minute to leave a review for this podcast. It really helps other people find it and start learning more about relationship anxiety. So... Thanks so much for tuning in and we'll talk next week. Bye.